0: the 51st episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer. Heavy spoilers ahead. Turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. I'm going to try to avoid major plot points, uh, but if you want to go into any of these movies cold turkey, please turn back now and don't listen to this until afterwards. So 2019 was a great year for horror, and this is due in part to several factors. After many years, horror has finally gotten some of the credit it deserves, and we now have the terms elevated horror or prestige horror used to describe such movies as A Quiet Place, Get Out, Hereditary, The Witch, Babadook, Suspiria, etc. And these are movies that have something to say about society, ourselves, and our hopes and fears. So last year, Get Out was nominated for four major Academy Awards, Best Picture, Director, Actor, and Screenplay, and it won for Best Screenplay uh, for Jordan Peele, and this is a major feat given that Silence of the Lambs is the only horror movie to ever have won the Big Four Awards, which is Best Picture, Director, Actor, or Actress. Get Out also joins only six horror movies that have ever been nominated for Best Picture, Besides the two we just mentioned, um, the other four are The Exorcist, Jaws, Black Swan, and The Sixth Sense. So, horror traditionally is not nominated for anything except maybe special effects or sound effects, but none of the major awards. This year, we also had some excellent sophomore offerings. The first one, uh, first person we already mentioned, Jordan Peele, his second movie um, is Us. And then we had Ari Aster, who followed up Hereditary, which may arguably be the best horror film of last year, with a folk horror tale called Midsommar, and we'll talk about those a little more later. The second factor um, affecting the uh, increase in horror movies and the quality horror movies this year, I think, is Blumhouse. And Blumhouse and Productions, you've heard me mention it many times, it is uh, owned by Jason Blumhouse, and its model of creating low-budget horror films while giving creators lots of creative control has really been a hit. So they um, helped produce massive amounts of movies, and this year there were at least 13 Blumhouse films and a number of television projects with many, many more on the way. The third factor are different storytellers. So independent filmmakers have also brought a number of interesting and thought-provoking stories. There were some great experimental films in 2019 that play around with the film structure, and they include Climax, Bliss, Braid, and I Trap the Devil. There are also a number of great international offerings this year, including Mexico's Tigers Are Not Afraid and Beelzebuth. France's Climax and Knife Plus Heart, Japan's One Cut of the Dead, Germany's Luz, the UK's In Fabric and Starfish, the UK-US joint effort 47 meters down, uncaged, Canada's Rabid and the Canadian-US joint venture The Win, the Germany-Austria joint venture Hagazooza, and Australia's Boar, Little Monsters and Nightingale, And then there were a couple of multi, more than two, uh, country collaborations, including High Life and A Hole in the Ground. I'm happy to report that there are also a number of increased diverse perspectives in horror movies. um, And they include uh, Latinx uh, directors for Tigers and Actors and, and all sorts of people behind the camera, including Tigers Are Not Afraid, Beelzebuth, Culture Shock, and The Curse of La Llorona. Um, African American Directors, Us, Thriller, Sweetheart, and I definitely recommend you check out Shudder's anthology, Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror. That's currently available on Shudder, and that's really good. And there are also a number of women-directed movies this year, including Brain, Rabid, Culture Shock, Satanic Panic, High Life, and Nightingale. The fourth factor uh, affecting quality of movies this year is Stephen King, and in 2019, he had not just one, or two, or three, or four, but there were five Stephen King adaptations released. So, uh, they include the remake of Pet Cemetery, the Shining sequel, Dr. Sleep, which I talked about in this podcast on episode 45, It Chapter 2, Netflix's The Tall Grass, and Hulu's King Homage Castle Rock. Um, if you watch a lot of King movies, you know they don't always translate well to screen. There are a few good ones, um... A few really good ones, obviously, like Misery, The Shining, you know, etc. And then there are a lot of really bad ones. So I'm happy to report the ones that came out this year uh, were some of the strongest that we've seen. Um, The fifth factor is streaming services. This is a continuing trend, and so no longer do we have to wait for theatrical releases of horror movies. Um, The major streaming services are also producing their own original content. Netflix is pouring billions of dollars into original content, and that includes some horror movies, as well as Amazon, HBO, Hulu, and Shudder, also offering a number of stellar um, movies that are original. And the last factor, I think, are varied themes. If you look at some of the uh, themes this year, they're really all over the place and they include possessed paintings, possessed dresses, possessed dolls, possessed puppets, and possessed children, evil in-laws, homicidal clowns, and crazed musicians, monstrous creatures including alligators, giant pigs, and sharks, creepy cults, and doppelgangers, no fewer than three shows that make the viewer question if they are on an acid trip, and the usual assorted psychopaths, devil encounters, Zombies, and Vampires. So, on to the list. Given the number of great movies this year, I've included a few honorable mentions. They aren't in any particular order, um, but they include Beelzebuth, currently available on Shudder. Rotten Tomatoes, for critics and audiences, was around 74-75% the last time I checked. Um, The IMDb synopsis says... After losing his family in an extremely tragic way, Detective Ritter must investigate a massacre at a school perpetuated by a student. What seems like a clear case becomes much more. So that is starring Joaquin Casio, who was in The Strain and Narcos, Tobin Bell, of course the main character from Saw, and Tate Ellington, who was in Sinister 2. And Booth is on this list because it goes where few others have dared to go, and that is typically you do not see, even in horror movies, um, them killing children, or they're very careful about how they handle that subject matter. This movie has, at the very beginning, um, a sequence in the maternity ward that is truly horrifying, um, and it is followed up by a number of other horror... I I don't know if you can say less horrifying, but uh, pretty rough uh, other scenes. And besides that, there are some great cinematic moments in the movie. And I would have liked to have seen the story expanded upon a little bit more, but I still thought it was really good and very creative. The show is is in Spanish and English, so don't be turned off by subtitles if you need those. Uh, I think Beelzebuth is well worth a watch. Um, So let me know if you watch that, what you think. Uh, The next one up is Happy Death Day to You. And that uh, currently has critics at 70%, audiences at 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. And IMDb says, Tree Geldman discovers that dying over and over again was surprisingly easier than the dangers that lay ahead. So Jessica Roth stars as Tree Geldman. And both the first and the second Happy Death Day movies were really a hoot and a surprise. Um, Think Groundhog Day with a dash of horror and sci-fi. The second movie definitely leans more towards sci-fi. And the second movie um, also is a rare sequel that expands on and twists the original story into something new. So be prepared to have lots of fun if you watch that. Next up, The Headhunter currently available on Shudder. Rotten Tomatoes has it 100%, but that's only with 12 uh, critic reviews and a 56% for audiences. IMDB says, A Medieval Warrior's Gruesome Collection of Hearts is missing only one, the monster that killed his daughter years ago. Now, this is from the director of Thanks Killing and Critter's Bounty Hunter, so this guy knows how to do a lot with practically no budget. Also, the headhunter basically has no dialogue um, and focuses on a lone man and his quest to avenge his daughter, as we said before, and rid the world of evil fairy tale creatures. So it sounds like it might be boring, but it's really very compelling to uh, watch this guy. So I definitely would recommend you take a look at that. Also, next up is Crawl, C-R-A-W-L. Rotten Tomatoes, Critics Gave it 83, Audiences Gave it 75, IMDB says, a young woman while attempting to save her father during a Category 5 hurricane finds herself trapped in a flooded house and must fight for her life against alligators. This is one of the best um, creature features of the year, in my humble opinion. Uh, besides crawl, this year's creature features included boar, uh, which I really like the practical effects of. I thought those were great. Sweetheart, 41 Meters Down Uncaged, and that also had some great jump scares. Uh, Quentin, T- Quentin Tarantino says Crawl is his favorite movie of the year. Uh, the CGI looked great for the most part, and I personally don't want to imagine being trapped in a basement with a couple of hungry alligators. That'd be a rough way to go. Uh, the last of the honorable mentions includes Braid, and the critics gave that an 86%, audiences gave it a 60%. IMDb says two wanted women decide to rob their wealthy, psychotic friend who lives in a fantasy world they created as children. To take the money, they have to take part in a deadly, perverse game of make-believe. This is one of the three movies this year that make the viewer feel like they're on an acid trip, as I mentioned earlier. The other two include Climax and Bliss. Raid also might be considered an experimental movie because it plays with the structure of the film itself. So um, the only thing I'm going to say about this is uh, things are not as they appear in this movie. Okay, so that's it for the honorable mentions. Before we get started on the top 10, um, I wanted to take a little break and play um, some music from one of the movies from this year, which didn't make the top 10. It's Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. Obviously, it didn't make my list for obvious reasons, and this is also the 14th Puppet Master, but I do like the theme song, um, and I thought it was pretty good, and it's by Fabio Frizzi, and he's done a lot of horror soundtracks, so we might need to do a session about him at some point. So... Here is the main theme from Puppet Master, The Littlest Rock. the top 10. Uh, Typically what I'm looking for in a best-of horror movie is something novel, scary, and properly paced so that I don't get bored and wander off. Uh, For the most part, I did not include anthologies in this uh, ranking, and of course, you know, is nine better than, is eight better than nine? That's better than 10. It's really hard to say because sometimes you're comparing apples and oranges uh, with these different types of movies, but here's my list. Let me know what you think. So for number 10, I'm going to jump around on my notes here. Uh, number 10, I have one of the two TV series that are on this list, and it's Castle Rock season two, currently available on Hulu. Critics gave it an 88%, audiences gave it 78%, and IMDb says, Based on the stories of Stephen King, the series intertwines characters and themes from the fictional town of Castle Rock, Maine. Starring Lizzie Kaplan, Elsie Fisher, Tim Robbins, Paul Sparks, Yezra Warsama, and Barad Abdi. Season 2 is a Misery and Satan Lots mashup. And despite Salem's lot kind of getting shortchanged in terms of Uh, time dedicated to the story, I still loved uh, this season and their interpretation of Annie Wilkes. Um, So that gave us a whole new perspective on that character. Um, I also love how season two tied back into the first season with the story of the kid, so I can't wait to see what they come up with next. So that was number 10, Castle Rock. Uh, Let's see, number nine is the other TV series that's on this list. It is Netflix's Black Summer. So, Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it 76%. Audiences gave it a 50, I think 55%. Uh, IMDb says, In a dark early days of zombie apocalypse, complete strangers band together to find the strength they need to survive and get back to loved ones. Starring Jamie King, Justin Chu, Christine Lee, and Sal Valeste Jr. This is a prequel to Sci-Fi's Z Nation, and it provides non-stop zombie fighting action from the beginning of the series until the end. And that's exactly what I personally want to see in a zombie movie. I don't want to see a lot of talking. I want to see them fight zombies. That's why I'm wide, uh, watching these movies. And this definitely delivered Um, I saw that there's going to be a second season of Black Summer, so I can't wait for that. Um, and yeah, to me, this is how a zombie movie should be done, as opposed to The Walking Dead dragging out, uh, putting an action sequence, you know, like twice a season, and then just filling the rest of it up with people talking to each other. So that was Black Summer at number nine. Let me find number eight. Um, number eight, sorry, I don't have these in order because I couldn't come up with a good order, so I got to find number eight. Number eight is Rabid, so it's currently available on Amazon and YouTube, that's Rabid, R-A-B-I-D. Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it 55%, audiences gave it 31%, so we're not seeing a lot of love from audiences on this one. IMDb says, The Quiet Rose works in women's fashion clothing, hoping to be a designer. A traffic accident damages her face. She gets experimental stem cell treatment, leaving her stronger and prettier than ever, but there's a side effect. This movie is from the Suska sisters, who also did American Mary and Dead Hooker in a Trunk, and it's a remake of David Cronenberg's 1977 original. Um, I enjoyed it, obviously, because it's on my list. Um, I wish the story had been fleshed out a bit more, um, but like I said, I I still had a really good time. I don't want to say too much about um, the plot points and spoil it for you, um, but if you haven't seen Cronenberg's original, I think, uh, or if you have, you kind of know what's going, but if you haven't, I think you're, you're really going to enjoy this. Um, I'll just say there's a price to pay, um, in this movie, and I'll leave it at that. Let's see, number seven is a heavy hitter, and that is Dr. Sleep. Um, I saw it at the theater, and it will be available on Amazon on January the 21st. So, Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it a 77%, audiences gave it an 89%, which is really high. IMDB says... Years following the event of The Shining, a now adult Dan Torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. Starring Ewan McGregor, Kylie Curran, and Rebecca Ferguson, directed by Mike Flanagan of The House on Haunted Hill. I'm sorry, no, The Haunting of Hill House. And if you have heard uh, any of my other episodes, you know that he is my favorite working director. I just love everything he does. Um, and s- despite some pacing issues in this movie, it was a long, I can't remember, like, closer to three-hour movie. Um, I still think that this was a fitting sequel to both King's book and Stanley Kubrick's classic movie, uh, The Shining, which is no easy feat, um, And I really liked how they, um, the last act of this movie, they went back to the Overlook Hotel. Um, Like I said, there were some pacing issues at the beginning. I was a little bored. I'm not used to sitting in a movie theater these days. I tend to watch everything on streaming. Um, But uh, this movie has a lot of heart, and I think uh, other than that, it was perfect. So if you want to see my review or hear my review of it, check out episode 45 of both it and the original The Shining. So that's number seven. Let's find number six. Number six, something we already mentioned, is Us. Currently available on HBO. Of course, this is by Jordan Peele. Uh, Rotten Tomato, critics gave it a 93%, I'm sorry, Yes, critics gave it a 93%, but audiences gave it a 59%. So that's a pretty big difference. The critics like it a lot more than audiences. IMDb says A family serene beach vacation turns to chaos when the doppelgangers appear to begin to terrorize them. Starring Lupita Nagoya, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, Shahida Wright Joseph, and Evan. Alex, um, as I said, this is Jordan Peele's second major movie after Get Out, and as IMDb said, basically the family goes on a vacation, and then suddenly they're accosted by people that look exactly like them, wearing red overalls and carrying scissors, and they're not sure what they want, and everything goes to hell pretty fast. So I will say, um, Don't expect a lot of answers in this movie. If you're looking for answers, you're going to be disappointed. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Um, Also, this is one of two movies on this list um, starring Lupita. So she had a very busy year. And we'll get to the other one in a second. So that's number six, Us. And let's see, number five is also Lupita. Um... It's Hulu's Little Monsters. Critics gave it an 80% and audiences gave it a 100%. So very unusual from audiences. IMDB says a washed-up musician teams up with a teacher and a kid show personality to protect young children from a sudden outbreak of zombies. As we already said, this is joint production um, from Australia, the UK, and the US. And besides Lupita, Alexander England also stars. And this surprising gem is the feel-good horror hit of the year, in my opinion. It's silly and touching, and I really, really liked it, and I'm surprised I did. So I definitely would recommend it. There are several other fun um, horror comedies this year, and they include Satanic Panic, The Dead Don't Die and Harpoon, and I may have missed some, but there are a couple of really strong, you know, horror comedies, very difficult to do, um, and um, many of them on this list did it well, and I think uh, Little Monsters really knocked it out of the park. So that's number five. Number four is also from Hulu, and that is... Culture Shock, which was an episode of the Hulu series, anthology series, Into the Dark. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it 100% with 16 reviews. Again, really high. Audiences were not listed for this one. IMDb says, on Independence Day, a young Mexican woman in pursuit of the American dream. Um, A Mexican woman is in pursuit of the American dream. This causes her to cross illegally into the United States, where she soon finds herself in an American nightmare. Uh, Into the Dark, as I said, is an anthology series uh, from Hulu. It's in its second season, and they have had uh, as many misses and a couple of hits. So this one obviously is definitely a hit, since it's number four on my list. It was directed by Gigi Saw Guerrero. And it stars Martha Higareda. Sorry, I know I messed up her name. She's from, I know you know her. She's from Altered Carbon. Um, and also stars one of my favorite screen, scream queens, Barbara Crampton. Although I know she doesn't like to be called a scream queen. Uh, Sean Sh- Ashmore of the X-Men also stars as someone who's struggling to be humane in an inhumane situation. So Culture Shock mixes the Stepward Wives with some sci-fi and adds a big dose of current events to make this a movie that will stick with you long after the credits roll. Uh, The American Dream has never looked so scary. So that one, in my opinion, is definitely worth a watch. I also want to give kudos to another Um, movie in this anthology series, and that is the one from November. They do one horror horror movie per month based on a holiday that month, and this, the November one, uh, comes as no surprise. It is named Pilgrims, and it's about uh, a woman who hires Thanksgiving reenactors to come and visit her family, uh, during Thanksgiving, and things go off the rails really quickly. So, that would be my second favorite uh, episode of Into the Dark. So, that's number four. Let's see if we can find number three. Um, number three is also available on Cheddar. It is Tigers Are Not Afraid, and Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it a 97%. Audiences gave it an 88%. IMDb says a dark fairy tale about a gang of five children trying to survive the horrific violence of the cartels and the ghosts created every day by the drug war. The cast is almost entirely made up of children, so starring Paola Laura, Juan Marie, Juan Ramon Lopez, Neri Castillas, and Hansel, Casillas, and this movie, I think, is so powerful because it's children using the only tool they really have at their disposal in this environment, which is their imaginations, to try to somehow survive um, the horrific existence they're forced to live in. So this movie is a slow burn, but it's well worth it, and it is uh, very touching. So I had heard rave reviews about it before I watched it, and I think they are exactly right. This is a great movie. Uh, Two to go. The second one, also another sleeper hit, also currently available on Chudder. You may not have heard of this one. It is One Cut of the Dead. Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it 100%. Audiences gave it 84%. IMDb says... Things go badly for a hack director and film crew shooting a low-budget zombie movie in an abandoned World War II Japanese facility when they are attacked by real zombies. already said this is from Japan. I will not try to pronounce everyone's name because I'm really going to mess them up. Um, And... I can't say too much about this movie because uh, spoiling it for you would be criminal in my book. So just watch it all the way through and then odds are you will want to watch it again. Uh, It has one continuous cut that is 37 minutes long. So um, I heard people, this is another one I heard people raving about. I went and watched it at the beginning of the movie. I thought, am I watching the same movie that people are talking about because it didn't seem to match, but just hang in there because the payoff comes a little later. So that is one cut of the dead and that takes us to the number one movie. So the number one horror movie of 2019, in my opinion, is The Perfection, currently available on Netflix Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 73%. Audiences gave it a 58%. You can see other movies have a higher rating, but for me, this uh, was the top of the list, and I'll tell you why in a second. IMDb says, When troubled musical prodigy Charlotte, played by Allison Williams, Six Out Elizabeth, played by Logan Browning, the new star pupil of her former school, the encounter sends both musicians down a sinister path with shocking sequences. Now, you'll remember Allison Williams was also in Jordan Peele's Get Out. Uh, So, yeah, she's kind of scary. And then Logan Browning, of course, you've seen in lots of other things. And Stephen Webb also stars in this. It's directed by Richard Shepard. And I'm afraid of Allison Williams after Get Out. So this was perfect casting, in my opinion. Um, Without giving anything away, I will say... This movie is not at all what you think it is. And just when you think you figured out what's going on, they switch it up on you. And just when you think you figured out finally what's going on, they switch it up again and again. This movie is delightfully batshit crazy. And that's why, in uh, my opinion, it's the best horror movie of the year because it gives me Uh, The things I'm looking for, which it was paced really good. Um, It's got some crazy sequences. Uh, It's very novel in terms of what's going on in the movie. And that's why it's my favorite. So that's it for the top ten movies. Um, Let me know what you agree or disagree with in the notes. Obviously, these lists are very, very subjective. Um, I wanted to play... Um, a song from one of the movies that I didn't mention yet, um, and this is the um, song Arrival, and it's from Marv Corman's um, soundtrack for the movie The Lighthouse, and here it is. as I said, that's from The Lighthouse. I have not seen that movie yet, and I know it's topping a lot of people's best of horror list, and that's because there's really nowhere I can see it right now, uh, except to buy it for 20 bucks, so I'm going to wait until it comes out as a rental. Um, The other movie that's, well, there are a couple other movies that may be on your list and was not on my list, the other one from uh, South Korea is Parasite, also not available anywhere for me to stream right now, I know a lot of people are raving about that, and there is some question as to as that movie should that movie be classified as horror or not. I also did not include Midsommar. It was at the top of a lot of people's list, and I did see it. Um, as I said, it's a folk horror movie. Um, it just didn't strike me the way um, it struck other people. Maybe I'll watch it again and see if my reaction's different, but. Um, just didn't do it for me the way, uh, Hereditary or Us or any of the other heavy hitters did. And one more movie that people are talking about that didn't make my list is Ready or Not. And it's the story of a woman who doesn't have her wedding night go as planned. Uh, it just missed the list. I had lots of fun watching it, but I didn't think it was novel enough, um, to make my list. So that's it for the movies. I wanted to follow the same theme and for the recipe for this week uh, I'd like to talk about the top five food trends of last year. Just hit on those really briefly. So number five we have unusual ice cream and there's ice cream in all different varieties now and some of the stranger ones include high protein ice cream. Hummus ice cream, avocado, oat milk ice cream. We'll talk about oat milk again in a second. Turkish ice cream, organic ice cream, savory ice cream, and coconut water soft serve. Um, There's also lots of other flavors including sriracha, bacon, you name it. They are making it these days. So that trend will probably continue. Number four is oat milk. I mentioned that uh, just a second ago, Uh, but non-dairy milk sales in the U.S. have grown 61% since 2012. Um, And that surge has a lot to do with the number of uh, nut milks that are currently available. Oat milk is one of those. And a Swedish company called Oatly is credited with introducing um, oat milk to the U.S. So it gained traction originally in independent coffee stores, Um, and there are other brands, including Elmhurst and Pacific. Oat milk is not the healthiest dairy alternative, um, because it's high carb and low protein. Um, I have tried this. I just tried some oat milk ice cream. Um, I, I don't eat regular ice cream, um, And I think that I uh, prefer the cashew ice cream over this, but it might just be the flavor that I got. I mean, it was good. It's just there's so many calories in it. Um, But if you can't eat ice cream or you don't want to eat or can't eat milk or ice cream or dairy, give uh, it a try. See what you think. The third item on the list is CBD everything. And unless you've been living under a rock, you know that CBD is everywhere now. There are CBD shops popping up all over the place. There's even a CBD stand uh, display at my local gas station. So um, for those who don't know, CBD does not get you high. It is derived from either marijuana or hemp plants. But people say, and this has not been proven by the FDA... People say that it calms their nerves and anxiety, reduces insomnia, and alleviates uh, pain related to, say, like uh, inflammation, and it comes in all sorts of, it's being infused into all sorts of things, Uh, sparkling water from a company called Recess, gummy bears from a company called Sunday Scaries, um, craft beer, or you can just get the spray. So I'm sure that trend will continue. Um, number two is spiked seltzers, and seltzers are really taking over the uh, alcoholic beverage market and are surpassing beer at this point. Uh, there are a number of different spiked seltzers, and uh, one of the most popular includes white clam. And in fact, this past summer, uh, white clam was so popular that uh, there was a nationwide shortage. And uh, white clam is from um, Mark Anthony Brands, and that's the company that also makes Mike's Hard Lemonade, so expect that to continue, and the number one food trend of 2019, which should continue in a big way into this year, is plant-based proteins, so they've been around for a little while, but now they are getting on everyone's menus, we have Burger King, who has the Impossible Whopper, um, we have, let's see, White Castle has uh, a plant-based Impossible uh, Slider on its menu, and TGI Fridays is uh, selling Beyond Burgers, the Beyond Burger, in its menu nationwide. Um, for those of you who don't know, the those brands are uh, plant-based proteins that are um, based really on four ingredients wheat protein coconut oil potato protein and hemi and hemi uh, raises some eyebrows among people who are strict uh, vegans because it's an iron-loaded molecule that's found in meat and plants and that's what gives the food its meat-like taste and aroma uh, when cooked with amino acids and sugar um, nutrition wise the um, Impossible Burger contains more protein and iron than a typical meat patty and zero cholesterol. I will say it does not contain less calories. If you look at the calories of the Whopper versus the uh, Impossible Whopper, they're really very similar, and that's because of all the other ingredients that are on there. You know, the buns, the mayo, the ketchup, all of those things, uh, the cheese. And I will say I had one recently, Um, you know, I don't eat meat, uh, red meat, typically I eat a lot of um, seafood and poultry, and um, I just wanted to try one and see what it tasted like, and it was, it was pretty good, I mean, I haven't eaten a Whopper in so long, I probably couldn't tell you what it tasted like, but it tasted like the Whopper that I remember, so um, I think it'll be a big hit, I'm interested to see what else they come up with next for that. So, where to find us? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check out our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. In conclusion, uh, like I said before, let me know where your lists differ from mine And uh, I would be interested to see if there are some movies out there that I haven't seen that make people's top lists. So until next week, stay safe, happy 2020, and we'll see you next week. Bye.